Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Byword Show. So glad you're here today. You guys, I'm so excited to have Layla from Learning to Mom with us here today. And honestly, when we were brainstorming topics and she reached out to share her story, I was like, yes, why have we not talked about this before? You guys, we're just going to talk about the fact that God can use any part of your story, our messes, when we mess up, make mistakes, all of it for his glory. So I mean, honestly, let's just get into it. Layla, would you just introduce yourself? Tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do as we get started. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it is just such an honor to be here, Hannah. Thanks for allowing me to come on and share share my story. A little bit about me. Yes, my name is Layla. I'm a wife and a mom and the host of the Learning to Mom podcast, where I inform and educate first-time moms on pregnancy and birth so that they can be empowered and educated without feeling overwhelmed. But the reason that I even got into that is what we're going to be talking about, I think, a lot today, is that Although he's my husband now, we got pregnant out of wedlock and I just really, really struggled. I had a really hard time. I experienced so much shame, just fear of rejection, like spiraled into prenatal depression, kind of the whole thing. And I have learned through all of that, just that the Lord really takes our darkest nights and he turns them into like the most beautiful sunrise. It sounds so cliche, but that's just like the imagery that the Lord has given given me. And now I just try to be the resource for pregnant moms that I wish I could have had. So that's me in a nutshell, Hannah. I love it. Well, I love what you do. And I think there's never enough of that, you know, like there can never be too much support for people who are behind us in the process, like a couple steps behind. And so I love that you've turned your story into this like wide reaching thing to support so many women in different stages of life and faith. So will you just go ahead and tell us your story? Go all the way back to the beginning. Let us know the whole thing. Okay. Um, So I believe that there's a lot of like beauty and power and vulnerability Satan so often tells us like, your story is not worth it. Your story doesn't have meaning or like people are going to judge you. So I've had to kind of overcome those lies that he has told me about my story. So this is just it. Um, Some people will be like, wow, that's kind of lame compared to what I've gone through. And other people will be like, that's way more than I've ever experienced. But I think that the Lord gives us our own testimony to give him glory. So here I am. Yes. Essentially, um, I've always been really devout. I've always had a very close relationship with the Lord, and it's been like one of the best blessings in my entire life. My boyfriend and I were like truly trying to be chaste. Like we were waiting until marriage, and one thing led to the next, and we found ourselves in sin, and I had a positive pregnancy test. When I tell you that I just lost my mind, I mean, I lost my mind. (laughs) And It was so hard for a few reasons. One, and I think eh, not primarily, I think it just kind of makes sense. One reason that I really struggled was obviously I was pregnant out of wedlock. I was this, not that I was like this Christian, amazing, put on a pedestal, give speeches, but I was very involved in my church, right? Like I was leading Bible studies and I was on worship team and all of the things. And I was terrified of rejection from my community. I was terrified of people's thoughts. So I really struggled for that. And then I also really struggled because I totally believed in all of the lies that society tells us on what it means to be a mom. That like Mm. kids aren't worth it. You have to lose yourself. Your relationship with your husband's going to suffer. 
Um, kids aren't worth the hassle, kind of like all the things. So motherhood was never really something that I wanted to do. It was something that I kind of always was like, yeah, I'll probably end up being a mom one day. Like that sounds good, but definitely not until I'm like 30, if not yeah. 35, you know, <laughs> and here I am 24 with my boyfriend and having a baby. So I just really, 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 really struggled. And the Lord is so good. And he never left my side. And I mean, there were so many times where I truly couldn't get out of bed in the morning. Like I couldn't go brush my teeth. I couldn't find the energy to get outside for five minutes a day. Kind of all the things. Um, I was struggling with prenatal depression. I didn't know it then. Um, but I had that. And the Lord just has redeemed it. And he's truly taken like what I thought was going to take me out of God's will, if you will. He has used yeah. it to make me more joyful, like as a mom and being on this side of things, I can be like, I'm in love with my life. And my life is so different than what I thought. And I'm so much happier. Like, I look at that other lifestyle. And I was like, mm, I think I'd be happy, but I wouldn't know what I was missing out on. And now I'm just like, in my calling. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's so cool. And I, I love that you're open about your story because I mean, so many reasons, but you just already touched on so many huge topics that I feel like women don't talk about. Like number one, already right off the bat, like the pressure that women feel to have sex and relationships, like dating as an adult, I'm sure is such a different story. It's not like you were 16 and pregnant. It was like you were a grown woman dating. And it's like, that's a hard stage of life to be waiting like the pressure is on even more like it's almost even more taboo to be like you're waiting till marriage like you're already an adult yeah. i'm sure so and then also being so involved in church and like you're doing all the right things and you honestly had a relationship with god and then this happens and like you said the lies start coming in oh you screwed up oh you're a failure oh you're a sinner all these things and so i mean how in the world did you begin to process all that i know you talked about the shame the fear of rejection unpack all of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was a lot. And I don't think anyone could have done it without God's grace. Like mm -hmm. it was just so much. And I think what I didn't, what the Lord taught me through that about his grace. Now the Lord is not bound to this, right? And he can move in whatever way that he needs to and wants to how he moved in my life and what I learned about his grace through my experience was that sometimes he will give you enough grace for you not to struggle through something. Like I very, I could have gotten pregnant out of wedlock and the Lord would have, could have just dumped all of this grace on me. And I could have had the easiest pregnancy of my life and been like, this is awesome. And I know God's here with me and this is all by God's grace. Right. And he didn't do that. I know for some people he does. But with, for me in this one instance, he invited me into like this deeper trust of him mm. where I truly learned that his grace is sufficient for me. And it was like every day I would have to, like, I would wake up and I'd have to trust God to give me enough grace just for me to be able to get out of bed and get dressed. And then I'd have to trust him to help me get to my car to drive to work. 
and then I'd have to get enough grace. Honestly, it was like grace just so that I wouldn't be sobbing my eyes out and that I wouldn't mm-hmm. be de- so depressed that I couldn't get off the couch. Um, right. And I learned through that that like he's going to give me enough grace because his grace is sufficient. And then tomorrow he invites me to trust in his grace all over again. Yes. So that's like really what got me through it as is leaning into his grace. And just many times my prayers were coming out as just tears, but like he was there. Yeah. I love that. And I think you're so right. It's like, we, we live in a broken world. We're broken people. We make mistakes and God meets us at any point of the process. Like he's with us at every point of the process, but that doesn't mean we still have to have consequences for our actions. Sometimes they're more than others. And like, sometimes, like you said, there's grace and he, you know, it turns out differently every time. It's not like a one size fits all thing, but I love that even though it was continuing to be a struggle through pregnancy, you found his strength and it was an opportunity for you, like an invitation into deeper trust and into deeper relationship with him. Cause I feel like that's so hard as women, when we start feeling shame, we want to turn inward. And it almost like, at least in my experience, I've just felt like in moments when I've experienced shame, the last thing I want to do is just run to Jesus, (laughs) you know? So how was that like for you when you, you started experiencing shame, did that come from the responses of other people or in your faith? How did all of that flush out? Well, so first we need to just make sure that people are aware, like the shame never comes from the Lord, right? Like Mm. something that comes from Satan conviction will come from the Lord, but not shame. And luckily I knew that like being growing up in the church, I knew that experiencing that really for the first time in my life was a little bit of a different story, but it was like, oh, that's what that saying means. Okay. Mm. I know. Um, but I did experience a lot of shame by the grace of the Lord. It was, I, I'm sure people talked about me behind my back. Like you can't control that. Right. Not a good look to be like coming to church on Sunday and having a bump. And to be honest, I would try to find like different churches or random churches or churches out of town. Right. Like, so mm-hmm. that I didn't have to show up with this bump when my church community knows that I'm not married, but the shame that I was experiencing, praise the Lord. It was never from my community. It was never from my friends. Mm-hmm. Although, like I just said, I'm sure people were talking about behind my back, but to my face, they met me with <laughs> kindness. Um, and so I know that that shame was hundred percent from Satan. And it was just him wanting to be like, you suck and you are mm. not good enough. And you are not good enough to be loved by God in this moment. So I think it's just like this interesting position that you have as you are in this tender, fragile position. And I think that this relates to so many areas of our life, not just like if you get pregnant out of wedlock, but you are in this vulnerable, tender position and the Lord so badly wants to come and just wrap his arms around you and love you because you are his child. And mm. instead Satan's telling you like, don't let him in. Don't let him in because he doesn't care. Like he doesn't really, he's embarrassed. He doesn't love you. He's not going to be here for you. Instead he's going to like point his finger and be like, you asked for this. You did this yourself. Um, and so really, honestly, I think we're talking a whole lot about God's grace. I think that was another one of his graces that he gave to me that I was able to be like, no, Satan, that's from you. And 
I'm going to let God into this moment. That is not to say that I was like super awesome praying my Bible still. I mean, I was really, really struggling and I was coming to terms. There was a lot of things going on. Like I was embarrassed. I was like, I don't think God really like wants to talk to me. I just like, I just made the biggest sin that one could make, Mm. right? Like I think growing up in the purity culture too, like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I'm going to hell. No way does God (laughs) that I, no way. Yeah. Do I think that God can like help me? But I think that a grace from the Lord at that time was that I was able to give him just a a slither, sliver. Yeah. Just a small (laughs) sliver. Like, and that's all he needs. He just Mm -hmm. needs to be able to like get a teeny, teeny, tiny little pinky toe on you. And you're going to be so much better than you were. Like he can work with that, with, with whatever you give him. And I wasn't in a place to give him everything because I was hurting and I was depressed. And honestly, I didn't really want to talk to him, mm. but I still just gave him what I could, which was like, I'll let you into this moment, God, you can sit here with me. I'm not going to talk to you, but I'm just going to let you like hang out on the couch as I ball my eyes out. Mm. And he worked with it because he's going to work with whatever we get of him. That's so true. And I'm I'm really glad you brought up that um the difference between shame and condemnation and, or and conviction. Condemnation and conviction because you're right. So many people feel like that shame is from God, like oh he's looking at me like a failure and it's so not true. And I remember when I was young somebody said that like made the illustration of when the enemy is trying to condemn you, he's saying, you're wrong, you're a failure, you're a mistake. And then with God, when he's convicting, it's gentle, it's kind. And he's saying, hey, there's something wrong. There's a mistake here. Let's work together to fix it. Let's work together to get well. And it's loving. Like he loves us. Like you said, he will meet us wherever we will allow him in. And it's so funny too, because right now I'm reading Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Y'all know I'm obsessed with her, but she's talking a lot about shame and how shame is this idea that we're afraid if we take the mask off, people will be disappointed in what they see beneath the surface. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, if they really knew, if they really knew what I was going through. And it's, I feel like a lot of the time shame is something that people go through in the dark and it might be with circumstances people never know about, but I'm sure for you, like you said, going to church, you had this bump. Like there was evidence of the thing that the enemy was trying to use to bring you shame and like tell you lies that you're failure. Oh, God can't use you. You've messed up. Like you're too far gone. So how did you start coming back from that when it was like, an everyday reminder and the enemy was just trying to get at you. I know you said you were struggling with some depression in there too. Yeah. Um, well, there's like a few things I think, I mean, definitely like faith, the Lord just continued to pursue me and continued to use whatever I was giving him, even if it was half of a percentage of me and he was like, I'll take it and I'm going to run with it. Um, so that's, that was huge. I think just mental health in general though, like tips of like your social circle is so important and also setting boundaries with those who aren't going to be meeting you with grace, like getting outside 10, 15 minutes a day. For me, that was Matthew literally dragging my butt <laughs> off of out of the bed for the first time in the entire day and being like, we're just going to walk around my apartment complex. Mm. And so like little teeny tiny little things like that. Also like no shame in medication, go see a counselor, right. talk to your healthcare provider. Like, 
all of those little things kind of about mental health is really what got me into a healthier place. And it's also not linear though. Like I really, really struggled the worst in first trimester for sure. Mm. And then by the third trimester, I was still struggling, not as bad. So I eventually I came to a point where I was like, oh, I haven't had a breakdown in five days. This is a new record. So, but it wasn't like I wasn't ever having breakdowns. They just right. slowly, slowly became better. So it's all, it's also like not linear. Um, mm. So I think the things that got me from that place to a healthy place was the, was just mental health and allowing God to do what he needs to do. And he took care of me. And now yeah. I can say like being on this side of motherhood, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for my pregnancy, which is so absolutely crazy to say. And I think I still wrestle with when I think about like the theology and everything behind it. And I'm just like, <laughs> can I say that? Can I be like, yeah, I, like I'm thankful that I sinned and all this stuff. But I really do think that I would have pushed off motherhood for years, mm. never knowing the joy and the happiness that it brings. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And so encouraging because how often do we feel like as women that we're disqualified already, just like in normal life. And then if we make a mistake or we feel like, oh, there's no way I could ever face this. At least like for me, you guys have heard me share this story before, but for those who may be new or don't know, I struggle with sexual abuse or I, I struggled with my experience of, with sexual abuse, like not wanting to open up about that. I had written my book, Waking Up, and I left that part out because I was like, no, that's the one thing. I just don't want people to know. Like it'll change yeah. the way they see me. It'll change the way that like they won't take me seriously or they'll be like, oh, this girl's damaged, whatever. Like all these lies that the enemy was trying to tell me. And it took years for me to heal and process through the shame and the lies and the fear of rejection and all of those things. And it's kind of the same. Like, I'm so thankful for that experience because it was long. Like it was a years long journey for me to get to the point where I felt just healed enough to function in my own life. But then it got to a point where I felt like God was saying, you know, I will use anything you give me. But I just want you to know, like, if you keep this to yourself, you're robbing yourself of an opportunity for greater measure of freedom and for me to be glorified in that mm. piece of your story. And so that's when I decided to open up y'all. That's the like whole story with by words. But you've done the same, Layla. Like you have now turned your story into this full on resource center for women to come and learn from you and your podcast. And I'm sure in your community. And what has that side of the story been like? Um, well, first, I just want to pause and say thank you for sharing your story. I mean, obviously, now it's just the snippet, but like your story is super powerful. And it's crazy that that's something that I never had to go through. But I know that like there's so many women out there that cling to your story because that's mm -hmm. totally what I did when I was going through it. I cling clung in my brain to all of the women that had gone through unplanned pregnancies before me and chose to keep the baby. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. if she can do it, I can do it. So mm -hmm. I know that your like your story does have impact. So well, thank you. Thank you for coming forward and saying that. I know that for me kind of stepping into my story was really like if someone is 
if you're out there and you're thinking like, is it time for me to start sharing? I guess the one piece of advice that I would have is to not, you need to be healed. Like you need, Mm -hmm. it needs to not, not necessarily healed, healed. Cause I think that the Lord will always be healing you, right? it shouldn't be tender to touch. Like mm. you should be able to get through your story without crying. So I, it, that's what took me a long time to get through was that it was yeah. still so like tender and raw was my, just what I dealt with. And all of the, the shame that I experienced from Satan in getting pregnant out of wedlock. And then also the shame that I experienced from Satan on that I wasn't like thrilled to be a mom and like mm. the shame that I, the guilt that I had that, you know, this is not real life. Like this isn't what I want when I know that so many other women are just like crying on their knees for a child. So then yeah. I had like Satan telling me like, how could you, you're so ungrateful, like all these things. Mm. So it was just, it took a lot to start sharing my story because it was still so tender for such a long time. But once I got to that place and once I was really able to be like, this is actually a very, it's just real, I guess. And I just remember all of the women that went before me and Mm -hmm. what a difference knowing that they existed, that they chose life. And I wasn't even like good friends with them. I really just knew their names. And I was like, you know, Facebook friends with one since like sixth grade. And I would like go to her and I'd be like, she looks like she's happy. Like if she can do it, I can do it, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, I just want to be able to do that for other women who are struggling with, if that's you getting pregnant out of wedlock, if that's maybe you and your husband just got married and you are hoping to have two years or four years of newlywed marital bliss. And now you're pregnant on your honeymoon, or if, you know, you're just if you've been longing for years for a child and you're finally blessed with life and then you're having all of these fears and doubts and then you're experiencing Mm -hmm. shame from that. Like motherhood is so beautiful. Womanhood is so beautiful. We know that Satan hates women. And so he's going to attack anything that is beautiful and good, especially when it comes to femininity. And so he just, anything related to womanhood, he's going to go so hard at it. So I think that's really important for those of us that do have, testimonies where the Lord so clearly moved of us like speaking up Mm. just to encourage others. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such a good point you made too, because I'm sure there are so many women I've talked with several, I'm sure you have too, who are like, okay, I've been through it too. Or I I have this story. I have this testimony that I want to share. How do I start doing that? And it really is a process. I feel like that's such a good gauge, what you said. It's not tender to the touch anymore. I heard somebody say um, something similar, like, how do you know you're ready to talk about it? It's when you can touch the scar and it doesn't sting. It's like for a while, it's an open wound and then it becomes a scar and it's still there. You know, it's visible, but it doesn't hurt to touch anymore. So I love that you use that as a gauge. But what was it like for you when you started opening up? Like, how did you know you were ready? And then how did you start sharing more and more? And then now have turned it into this platform that you use to share with many women? I don't really know when I, I guess I just had this like, hey, you need to start a podcast. And it wasn't like my podcast and my platform isn't really about my story. That's just like my why behind it. My 
my whole podcast is season one, all about pregnancy and birth. Season two will be baby's first year of life and season three being baby's second year of life, so on and so forth, so that it meets women where they're at and it's timely as possible. Mm. And I typically have like experts in the prenatal field to come on and talk about. So I have OBGYNs, I have chiropractors, I have doulas and midwives and all these things. So it's really just my why. I don't like, I share a little bit about my story and like, Welcome to the Learning's Mom podcast episode, the first one. Yeah. Um, that's not the vibe of it if you want to listen. It's just me making fun of it. Um, so, like, I share my story there. And I think the hardest part about this, Hannah, you'll totally relate to this, of, like, it's just really hard to put yourself out there. Totally. You know? But I think in my instance, like, I just put myself put myself out there, if you will, for, like, one episode. And then when I'm honored to be a guest on others like this and I really get to share my story – um, because another thing is that my podcast isn't Christian, although I do mention sometimes, like, I'll be like, I'm a woman of faith. So like prayer was really important to me in X, Y, Z. I don't go on and on and on for 30 minutes about how awesome God's grace is and how like right. Satan hates women, you know, <laughs> which is also why I just like love a platform like this. Cause we get to geek out and be so excited about all the good right. things <laughs> the Lord that I don't really get to do with my, my own audience. And so I think the hardest thing, I don't even know if I'm answering your question right. I'm so sorry. It's the okay. hardest thing is really just like putting yourself out there. And then I think once you do it once, it just gets a lot easier. Totally. And I I completely agree. I relate. Like, I think so many people see me now because I have so many women who ask, oh, how did you like write your book? How did you share your story? Like, how did you get over the fears of yeah. telling people? And I have said it before. I'll say it again. It was not an overnight thing. Like, again, it took me years, years to process. And even with writing my book, I mean, I'm literally an open book. I always say that because I wrote about all of these struggles and I published it. And then I realized, oh my gosh, like my parents are going to reach this. (laughs) Yes. People who know me are going to read that. Yes. And then like, now I've just put myself out there and there's no taking it back. But it does get easier, like you said, and then people start coming out of the woodwork. People you would never expect are like, I've been through that too. I've been through it and I've been so scared to share it. Like, it's so, so scary to share. It's vulnerability is scary. It's painful. It's very raw and you don't know how people are going to respond. But how amazing is it that when we do share, when, when we feel in wisdom that it's time and we're ready like God can use that to reach so many more people than we may ever know. Like just with our willingness to share what he's done in our own lives. Crazy. That's so true. That's so true. And I think too, a interesting perspective, like, although you and I have platforms, so like more than one person hears our story, but I think that there's importance, even if it touches only one person, like if yes. your story just touches one person, I just think that in our society of, success focus and you know how many like we view our success based on how many followers we have and all this stuff like to someone else be like oh why is she why would I share my story if only one person's going to resonate with it I think it's a, yeah. a perspective shift of like well Jesus would die on the cross even if it was just you like yeah we need to it's just our like simple the gift that we can give back to the Lord is just like sharing what he's done in our life That's such a good point. I think you're exactly right. We have such a culture of fame and 
craving recognition. And I mean, yeah. it feels good. Like it, it feels really good to have affirmation and people saying, oh my goodness, yes. Like, you know, feeling validated in that way, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so yeah. it it is tempting sometimes to feel like, oh, I'm not going to share it. Like who would listen? Nobody cares. I don't have a platform. I don't have people who like are going to sit down and, and want to hear everything about my life. And that's really not what it's about. I think you nailed it on the head. Like Jesus gets glory when we share, whether that's in a relationship, whether that's with our kids, whether that's in a small group of women where we're just sharing the process with people. And I think that's what gets lost in the mix is we feel like our testimony has to be this big thing where we've completed the story and now we can share it on this big stage and reach hundreds of people. And it doesn't have to be like that every time. Yes, it can be. And that's beautiful so and amazing. And we love that and we need that. But there's just as much power in sharing your testimony with one other mom who's struggling or with one other person who's trying to heal from eating disorder, body image, you know, depression, anxiety, whatever it may be. Like we need that just as much. So I think, I think that's a huge thing that I wish more people talked about. Yeah. A hundred percent. And wanting to remind those listening though, because I think it's in those settings that it's really easy to be like trying to share your testimony is it's still really tender and raw and mm. just be like, it's okay to wait still. Like, yeah. It shouldn't be, you know, like it's okay to only confide in a friend and like not even bring it up to your Bible study or not bring it up to the new boy that you just started dating. Like wait until it's not as, until, until the stinging stops before you even start sharing it in a small group, I guess. Mm. Not to say that like you can't because if, if the Holy Spirit is prompting you, go for it. But I think sometimes we'll be in a situation we overshare when the Lord isn't mm. telling us to do that. Yeah, that's really true. And that's, I mean, it, it can sometimes be a fine line, right? Like we yeah. want to, we want to process life with people and we want to be able to share and be vulnerable, but there is a point where it's no longer helpful if we're just like spewing and venting and hoping for healing to come from a person. I mean, I've been there where I like think that my husband's going to solve the problem for me or like heal me and make me feel better and fix all the problems. But it's, it's more of like pouring my heart out should go to God first because he always responds with healing and that grace that we need to continue in the healing process that we get yeah. to walk with other people. Right. And so I think that's huge as well because we can end up so disappointed when we open up like that to people and their response isn't what we hope it will be. Right. Yes. Yes. Everything you just said. Yes. Retweet, <laughs> share, pen. <laughs> yes. And, and that's hard. It's so hard. Right. Cause women, it's like, we we're made for that. We're wired for community. We're wired for relationship. And we want to have like that person, that go-to person. And so yeah. it sometimes takes time in our relationship with God, especially if we're experiencing shame or guilt or condemnation to make him our go-to. That can take time. Like, what was it like for you in that process? Did you find that it was easy to go to him when you were first experiencing all of that? No. I mean, I do remember when it first happened and me, and this is hard to talk about. Actually, you know what? 
on the theme of our talk today, Hannah, <laughs> that part is still tender and I don't need to share it and that would be oversharing. So mm-hmm. at the beginning it was easy because I was like in denial and I was angry. And then when I really realized like, oh my gosh, wait, this is happening, then that was a lot harder. Mm. But yeah, he's like I would I talked about earlier, like he's just gonna use whatever you give him. And what you can give him, even if it's the smallest, teeniest, tiniest thing. Like literally I'm not kidding you when my prayer Like, I wouldn't even talk to him. I would just be like, Lord, you can come sit next to me. Mm -hmm. Lord, like, come with me. Like, just let me feel your presence. And then I wouldn't say anything to him and I would just cry. And, like, that was all that I could give him because I was still hurting and I was mad and I was confused and I was anxious and I didn't want to be a mom. And I was, yeah, like, all of those things. I love that picture of just sitting with the Lord. Because in my own faith journey, I have struggled so much with feeling like I shouldn't go to God until I'm good or I, mm. I need to have it together. Like if I'm going to be a Christian and I'm going to be, you know, like whatever it may be in a position of leadership or sharing my faith with people, like I should have it together. I should be a perfect Christian. I should be finding joy in all of my struggles, you know, like It's just not like that sometimes. And so there would be times when I was like, I don't want to pray right now. I don't have anything to say. Also, like in my healing journey, I was like, what would God want to do with this? Like, I don't have anything good to offer him right now, you know, Mm. but, but it's just so sweet. Like that just lifts the pressure off to just come to him. He's like not looking for anything from us, which I feel like is something I wish more women knew. Like he's not, he doesn't want anything from you as far as performance or achievement or appearance. Like he just loves us and wants to be in relationship with us. And that's why exactly to your point, he doesn't care. He'll take anything we have to offer. He'll take the moments of faith where we're walking in obedience and he'll take the worst day and the darkest pit where all we can do is sit there and cry because all he wants us to do is be with him and come to him yeah. and just trust him with all of it. I I would love to hear if you have any experience or maybe advice for women who have experienced rejection or judgment from people in the church. I know, thankfully you said your community was actually supportive and you didn't feel a lot of that rejection, but it breaks my heart that so many women do feel that, especially from the church. So like when they're going through a pregnancy or dealing with something and they want to open up and they're met with, Oh, like we don't talk about that. That's wrong. Like you need to go elsewhere to get fixed or whatever it may be. Did you ever experience any of that? Or if you didn't, do you have advice maybe for someone who has, if you've, if you've talked to another mom or somebody who's experienced it? Well, first I want to apologize for anyone to anyone who is listening that just resonated with that question, because that is really hard. And I'm so sorry that you to go through that and that you weren't welcomed and celebrated and supportive for choosing life when it is so easy. I didn't understand how easy it was to go make an appointment at Planned Parenthood until Mm. I was there. So thank you for choosing life. And I'm so sorry that you weren't welcomed and celebrated. Um, 
I guess the advice that I do have if someone does experience that is really that that person is not God and that's not how God sees you and that's not what God, how God views you. I also, as hard it is, as it is, and maybe that very well, honestly, with my personality and how much I was struggling in my pregnancy, I would have found a different church. So maybe that does mean finding a different church, going to a different pastor for a while, but don't leave the the church as a whole, right? There's that expression of like, you don't leave Jesus because of Judas. Mm. So like, don't, that person is not, is not acting as God. And that's not how God views you. And also like, we are all human. And I'm so sorry that person treated you. And I'm not trying to like, say that that's okay for how they treated you. It wasn't. But just don't leave like Christianity, the church, because of how that person treated you. Mm. Because we all are humans and we all say stupid stuff and grow, (laughs) hopefully, as people every day. And I hope that that person is looking back and regrets how they treated you and like mourns over how they treated you. Because that's not right. Yeah, I agree. And I echo all of that too. It just breaks my heart. Y'all have already heard my huge tangent on this in the Love Is series, basically me just like ranting about how I am so broken over how the church has become a source of hurt when God is the healer and he's the one, like if we, if we are the image of God and he's the healer, then we should be the most healed and healthy people and equipped to help other people heal and be in the process linking arms with them and not turning people away if they're different or if they've made a mistake or if they've sinned like that's not that's not God's heart and so i'm so glad you said that like it would be easy to just quit on church quit on god because of pain you've experienced from a person but there are other places there are other churches other pastors that will accept you welcome you love you through the process other people will and so don't give up on that because community is a huge, huge piece. Like you said, like being surrounded by people who can support you through the struggle. Like that's huge. We can't do it alone. And on the flip side of that, speaking on community, I think I talked about this earlier that also can look like setting boundaries with people Mm. that aren't. So, right. Like if that person in your church or, you know, in your friend group is making snarky comments and is being really unfair or uncruel to you at this very vulnerable moment, you can set up boundaries and be like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to come as long as she's fair. Or like, mm. you can't speak to me like that. And setting boundaries are good. And I know that's really hard to do as Christian women. Yes, you're so right. And it's healthy. Like it, it sometimes needs to be done and it doesn't have to be forever, but I think you're right. For some seasons, it's good. <laughs> so I would love to know before we go, if there's anything else you would want to say to a woman, like if you're sitting across the table from a woman who feels like she's too far gone and made a huge mess of her life and what could God possibly do with this? What would you say to her? I would just say like, I guess a few things, but the one that really comes to mind is like, just don't count yourself out. Like you just really never know how the Lord is going to use it. And this is such a a hard question to answer, honestly, Hannah, because I feel like if I really was sitting across from someone who feels that way, I would just like want to cry with them. And I wouldn't even Mm want to like say anything. I would just be like, I'm here and I love you. (laughs) (laughs) And I know what's going through. 
So I was like, I'm not one to be like, here's my advice and, you know, shove it in yeah. the face. I'm like, I don't know what advice I would say because I really wouldn't. I don't know if I would really give any. Mm. I would just be like, it's going to be okay. I love you. So maybe find someone who can be that for you or can do that for you. I love that. I love that so much because honestly, you're right. It's I feel like when we're struggling with things like that, we're not necessarily looking for a solution. We just need somebody to love us in the process. That's really, really yeah. good. Man, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that you have chosen to commit to the process, like being in the process to heal, continue turning to the Lord when it would be easy to turn the other way and quit and give up. Like you have just stayed in the process and your faithfulness to the Lord has shown. And I love that he has given you a platform now to be able to share and encourage so many other women in the motherhood journey, which is so hard on its own, <laughs> but you are just such a good example of what God can do when we're just willing to bring it all to him. So thank you so mm-hmm. much for your time and for sharing your story with us. Thanks for having me. It's been so fun. It's been such an honor. Yeah. Well, before you go, please tell everybody where they can find you and connect and listen to your podcast. Okay. Well, if you are pregnant, soon to be pregnant, wanting to be pregnant, if that is something that is on the horizon for you, then I know right now we're getting to that point of the show where you're most likely going to be grabbing your phone really soon and looking for the next song to to listen to, <laughs> listen to the playlist, listen to another podcast episode. So you might as well, since you're already grabbing your phone, just type in Learning to Mom podcast, wherever you're listening to this, it, this on, the Learning to Mom podcast will be on as well. So go over there and check it out and see if we vibe and see if you like the format. And you can hang, we can hang out on there together. And I'm also on Instagram at learningtomom.podcast if perhaps you want to connect on a deeper level or if that's not quite you yet, but you're like in the vibe, then let's go be friends over there. <laughs> I love it. Well, yes, you guys definitely need to go connect with Layla. I just love what you're doing. Thank you so much for that. And I'm so grateful that we've gotten to connect and that you were here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWords show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember I am cheering you on.